Cold acid, but fun bag fantasy. Played for five minutes. <laughs> Single-handedly! <laughs> May 19th, 2021. This is Rare Encounter, encounter number 45. Do you really want to hurt me? I'm Abel Kirby. And Rare is the Fresh Prince. I'm Cold Acid. Rare. Rare. Rare is the Fresh Prince. It's Cold Acid. Yep, it's I'm, me. I'm digging this long tail uh, play out. Every time. It makes it so much more enjoyable. It's really comfortable music. Yeah. Well... To be uh, really comfortable with the music, I've got some really comfortable uh, drinking. Oh yeah, what you got? I stopped by this uh, this store we have called the Seven One One, and uh, I got a bottle of purified water. Oh, that's, that's I don't have I a bottle of purified water. Yeah, that's the old Seven One One. I just got me a mango haritos. 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 Uh, it's like the. Uh, Trick of the show. Mmm, taste the mango flavor. So you were busy over the weekend. Oh yes, incredibly so. Yeah, I saw some of your the fruits of some of your labor out there. Yeah, and you're gonna play. You play it. <laughs> yeah, um, I I can say that I didn't beat the pogo goat, uh, but I uh, I did get to it. The goat on a pole. Yeah. The goat on a pole. Yeah, hopping around. So no, you were part of. Uh, you were working on Toe Jam. Toe Jam 2021. Yeah. yeah. So what was that yep, like? Yep, my third time. My third time being a part of uh, Toe Jam and finishing a game. Yeah. And so do, do you want to describe in your own words what kind of the uh, what kind of game you did? So it's the start of a Metroidvania-style game where you are playing as somebody who is lost in a forest and must find your way out by exploring the whole place. Mm-hmm. And because we only had a limited amount of time, like two and a half days, really, uh, Zalman and I, Zalman's my partner in crime when it comes to game development, we put together what's essentially like a little vertical slice of gameplay. Hmm. And that's with, uh, it's like a side view uh, platformer, 2D platformer, jumping on. Yeah, uh, a stuff. Metroidvania style game, you know, like Metroid or, or what's it with the robot kid again? Uh, robot kid i don't know <laughs> mega man that's oh, it. Yeah. mega man or like the later castlevania games yeah not the very first one or two where it's just like a classic regular side-scrolling platformer no that was cool i got i got the executable i played it i had to look up the controls a couple times because they weren't uh i i didn't know there were as many buttons as uh as there were like i found out that i had to uh hold down a button to run all the time and i said well it's it works best on a gamepad. Yeah, I played on a keyboard, Mr. Keyboard. Yeah, that's what uh, that's what Salman was doing too. Yeah. Well, for me, I went out to. Uh, I'm gonna. I made some fuss about this noise gate, and I'm gonna turn it turn it down now. <laughs> I went out to um, Alexandria, Virginia, uh, oh? over the last weekend, and I was hanging out at a NA meetup. And uh, we had a pretty fun time down there. I think there's a there's going to be a report on the next uh, No Agenda show. We did one of those things where you pass the uh, the microphone around and everyone record something. 
So yeah, I was down there. We had DC Girl was there and a couple other randos from uh, No Agenda Social, some people I hadn't known. Some people, it turns out we were already following each other. We just didn't know who we were. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. <laughs> nice. It's a small world. You got a good hangout going on then, at least. Oh, yeah. I asked DC Girl when the next Bash cast was coming out. She's like, oh, you know, I have to write it. Yeah. Well, she started to sound like Matt, uh, Matt from Maps with Matt. Uh-oh. Well, I got to write Are we going to have thing, to start you know? doing, are we going to have to start doing a days since last episode <laughs> count for Smashcast now? Do, do you think we should? I think she had one this year, though, so. I mean, we're getting Yeah, there was it. one this year. Yeah. The, uh... The topic, aside from, you know, political stuff here, the uh, the other big topic that we were talking about down there was uh, this Brood 10. And apparently Brood 10 is uh, coming out in a couple places nearby. The uh, I'm talking dun, about the dun, cicadas. Dun. Yeah. They had, uh, I heard one or two this morning. I'm listening for them. I'm waiting for them to come out. So I stepped outside uh, before I went to work. I was sitting outside for a minute. And uh, I could hear... What sounded like two or three off in the distance, way off on, you know, uh, maybe the other side of the road. They were kind of loud, but in the distance. And that's all I've heard of them so far. But apparently they're coming out everywhere. So the, this this week isn't the one where we're spoiled by cicadas, but that might be coming up. Yeah, it's coming soon, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, nothing like that around here. It's nice and peaceful. The, the loudest things are people mowing their lawns. Yeah, I hear it's it's supposed to be about as loud as that. <laughs> that the uh, no, they they are louder. The uh, when they are when they are brooding like that, they are louder. The uh, oh, where was I going with that? We had a uh, so we have a forest quest. We had the. Uh, the cicadas. Oh, I was going to talk about eating the the stupid things. That is the the mm, the news story that like keeps poop. on it keeps on giving. I mean, I think they're writing these articles because people share them because they're disgusted. Uh, that's my running theory because I've never met a single person who doesn't think it's gross. Um, but everyone seems to be writing and writing the articles or complaining about the uh, the fact that people are writing the articles. So I don't know. It seems like a surefire way. If you want clicks, write about eating cicadas. <laughs> Or any other bugs. Yeah. That was my, uh... They, I had a better news story I was going to lead with today, but unfortunately, I got my thunder stolen the other night. This was... Oh? Yeah. Somebody else covered it? Well, this was the dark flavor news. Oh, we were going into dark flavor news. Flaming hot lies! Uh, is the headline we gave it. Um, no, but then Lori, and I, I was listening to Bull after Bull, I was like, Lori had brought it up. I said, damn it! You stole damn my... It. You stole my story. And this is the story. We had dibs on that, <laughs> Lorian Spencer. We had dibs. Yeah. We've been the ones that have been talking about these things since like the beginning of our show. We're gonna have to start recording uh, <laughs> se seven p.m. on Tuesdays. Yeah, you can't. You can't trust. You can't trust stoners. They're gonna take. They're gonna steal your plot, and they're gonna steal your stories. <laughs> no. Okay. So let me let me tell you what this story was. A little while ago, we were talking about this guy. Uh, Richard Mon Monetez, Montanas, I don't know how to say his name. He was this uh, marketing guy at, uh, or, or, you know, top level, I think C tier level um, guy at um, the company that makes Cheetos. And they had this long story that everyone was playing up in the news about how he is, you know, the rags to riches story. He was a janitor and, you know, he just kind of kept his nose to the grindstone and he invented Flamin' Hot Cheetos and pitched it to the to the president uh, of the company and some 
you know, straight out of Hollywood kind of pitch meeting. And everything just went right, and through hard work and, and, and sheer force of will, he created the flaming Hot Cheetos that no one else wanted. And he had a book deal, and they're working on a movie about him and everything. And uh, there's only one problem with the story, which is coming out. Uh, it doesn't sound like he actually did all the things he said. Isn't that always the way, though? Uh, yeah, it seems that uh, it happens more often than not. So as soon as he has a book deal and the story is getting a lot of airplay, and a bunch of people started coming out of the woodwork, people who were retired from Frito-Lay, and they're, they're saying, well, wait a minute, I worked on the uh, Flamin' Hot Cheetos uh, development team, and we got this idea, and we were working on it for a long time, and you didn't have anything to do with it. You know, it, it's, a, it's a case of stolen valor, stolen Cheeto valor. Is what it sounds like. Dolan so, Cheeto Valor. Yeah. God I, damn. What a world we live in, eh? And so we have, uh, there's an LA Times article about it. There was, uh, the expose was up there. There's another one on MSN News I thought was pretty good, though. It's, uh, it's basically repeats the same story where they have, it's, it's again, it's a bunch of people. They're product development people. And it sounds like they actually identified there's a market for this and they went in and started testing things they tried a bunch of different brands and they went and basically the product development group was doing what they do best they're making new products and they they invented flame and hot cheetos and it wasn't until after that crew started retiring and they were kind of out of the picture that uh this guy uh started claiming he did all the work i made those cheetos this is mine that's what he sounded like man that's yeah. Yeah, stolen valor indeed. That that's just low, man. Stolen flavor is more like it. Stolen flavor. Yeah. You know what I have for this him? This is this is my Cheetos, not yours. Here's what I have for him. That's a Oh boy. So that was a story. That was um we need to get Darren O'Neill on here. He did a whole big story about this guy. He needs to do a correction random thoughts on it though. If yeah. He it yet. I haven't listened to today's random thoughts yet. I've, today was one of those days where I spent more time in meetings than doing real work. Yeah. Well, you know, I've had a problem where I had, um, well, not to go into too much detail, but the uh, my desktop PC, uh, it's like they pushed an update and then all of the PCs with the same model all, uh, all bricked themselves uh, Monday morning. Awesome. So, yeah. And so the one with, uh, now fortunately, I don't keep all my, uh, my important work on the... The desktop PC, it's all backed up on a network, and it's in, uh, you know, revision control database stuff. You know, okay. So I don't, I'm not losing anything except my time and patience with this bullshit. And uh, so I've been slumming it. I've been like, the options are, oh, there's a computer in the conference room. It's like, no, I have a desk. I have an office. What do you mean I'm going to go sit in a conference room? Ugh. <laughs> so that's been my week. It's just been uh, debilitating uh, at work because you can't get anything done. But I had You've to... reminded me that I have to, before I leave for the weekend, I have to get some massive file copying going on here. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I got a, I got a third Raspberry Pi recently, right? And so, okay, let me tell you about this. Like, you know, I have, I have the ones for the TVs elsewhere in the house, so I can, so I can watch my anime off of uh, my media box mm -hmm. when I'm in the living room or when I'm in my bedroom. Well, I got a third Raspberry Pi to set up as a personal cloud server here on my home network. Hmm. So I've got NextCloud running on it, and I am working on moving all my shit that I have on various other cloud hosting services 
to bring in-house. Yeah, that's the way but to do it. But that's a lot of copying to do. Oh, that's that's what you need to be doing. That's what I did a couple of years ago, and I've never looked back. It feels so good. Yeah, I, I, I'm liking the idea of, uh, of doing this. I just wish I had better internet here. Because, I mean, my connection is shit. I complain about it, like, what, almost every week, if if not every week when we do the episode, mm-hmm. about how the uh, DSLAM is, like, 12 kilometers away in the next city. So I'm just, like, copper pair all the way to downtown Oshawa from where I'm living, and it's, like, I can't get any good upstream. Mm. I can get decent downstream, but... Uh, but to actually push stuff up from here, so like when I'm at my mother's or visiting somewhere else, like or I'm on the road, grabbing my music or anything is just horribly slow. Yeah. Well, what do you think about um, this? Elon Musk has uh, what's it called? A Starlink project. I was doing some research yeah, I on know. that today. Have, it, do you have high hopes for that, or uh, is this another uh, something that's just going to fizzle out? I'm not sure. I've heard, I've heard, I've heard good things, and that, uh, and that it's already being put to use in various, uh, even parts of the country here, here in Canada, for places that don't have wired internet access. Mm-hmm. So that way, they have, they have a good way of connecting to the internet, or at least they have a fat pipe to the internet. But the problem with satellite internet is that you have high latency. You're not going to be playing any games on that, let me tell you. Well, that, so I've been doing research on this, and I got the, the scoop on, on well, hit how, me some with these, it. how some of these work. So the, the first thing is that it looks like the, the Starlink constellation, uh, here's what you need to know. As of January this year, they had 10 um, vehicles up in, the, up in orbit. Uh, they're in low Earth orbit, not geostationary orbit. Uh, and they're sort of the prototype version of Starlink. They're not doing all the things that the Starlink uh, network is supposed to do. Um, so one of the ideas behind it was that you'd have a, it's on the order of like 300, 350 different vehicles that are up all, all in uh, different inclinations of orbit. So they're not all in the same orbit. They're, they're uh, in all different planes. So kind of like how GPS satellites are placed, right? Yeah, except there'd be a lot more of them. Um, and they're closer to Earth. GPS satellites are further out than this. The, well, that's because that's because they have fewer of them out there. So they, to, get a better, to get a better lock, you have to have them further out, right? I'm, I'm actually not sure what, why they chose the, the altitude they did for GPS. Mm, I know they're further out than most things. It's, they're not in low Earth orbit. Um, maybe it's, actually, maybe the reason they're far out like that is is national defense. I mean, GPS originated as a uh, military project by the U.S., right? Mm-hmm. The, so maybe the thinking was, if the Soviets sent up any killer satellites to to get them, having them further out might make it more difficult for the Ruskies to hit any of the GPS sets. They, no. I don't buy that at all. That's because they, they, uh, here's what you need to, I, I should shut up, but I won't. Um, what we say is that, uh, ERP is inversely proportional to survivability is, is the phrase. Uh, it says that the more power that you transmit, the more signal that you transmit, um, that's inversely proportional to, uh, to sort of how secretive you're being. And GPS satellites just broadcast, one, where they are. They're literally, or, or their orbits are published on the internet uh, 
all the time, and they actually have beacons on there. So it's not like they couldn't find them. Like, part of the reason GPS works is because everyone knows exactly where every satellite is at, at every moment. And, yeah, I don't know. I don't really buy that. Well, I liked my theory anyway. <laughs> anyway, we were talking about Starlink. Um, one of the ideas was that the Starlink network would have this optical communication between the, the um, satellites. And so you'd have, say, in some orbital plane, they're, they're all kind of going around in a, in a ring together. And then adjacent to that's another orbital plane, which is sort of maybe offset by a couple degrees. So in the same orbital plane, you, you can have an optical, like a laser modem that's talking to the satellite in front of you, and it's talking to the satellite behind you. And then you can have a laser modem on the side that's kind of talking to the adjacent plane uh, uh, adjacent plane satellites. And so yeah, so like a mesh network of satellites. That, that is it. Um, so as of January, they have 10 satellites up there. And they did one test where one of them, or, or two of them, linked up with this uh, this laser technology. And uh, that's not a mesh network. The, the way it's operating right now is in a in a more traditional way, where they they really just have like an ISP with a like a ground station. It's looking up at the satellite, and it's uh, you know it's talking to the satellite, and the satellite bounces the uh, the packet back down to the the user on the ground, and then it bounces the packet up off the satellite back down. So it's pretty traditional the way they're operating now. It's not doing anything new, uh, other than yeah. you know it has some market hype behind it. The hope is that if they get it working, then it it'll start uh it'll start uh you know, being revolutionary, and then you can even you you may not even need the ground station if you, you can just talk to uh talk to the mesh. That's all you really need to do. But uh, that's yet to be seen, and they still have three hundred forty satellites to put up there, and uh, and uh, they haven't done that yet. So we'll we'll see. Yeah. It's kind of cool, though. I was doing a lot of research on this optical communication, free space optical communication. I got some other talk on Elon Musk, though. Oh, yeah. Well, that's more interesting. So yeah. let's do that. So did you know in 1953, Werner von Braun, yes, that Werner von Braun, predicted Elon Musk and his journey to Mars? Really? Yeah. How did he predict e Elon Musk in particular? Well, so he predicted that there would be a man named Elon who would lead <laughs> humanity to Mars. Wait a minute. Okay. Are you pulling my leg? Is this real? I didn't know this. A this is fucking Elon. real, man. This is fucking real. You need me to paste it into the chat? Von Braun said, there are I, I see in my crystal ball. Elon Musk's scientist predicted in... More like in his ball. crystal rocket. His crystal rocket, with his uh, with his roll patterns painted on it. German site. What is this? This is <laughs> Express.co.uk. Okay, so is this a tabloid? I can't see it. There's too many ads. I think it is. I think it's a tabloid. <laughs> it's, it's it's like on the order of Bat Boy. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, but big if true. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know those uh, those. Old rocket scientists, even the, the those Nazi ones that we got over there, they would some... Yeah, if it, if it wasn't for Von Braun, London wouldn't have been pelted with V2 rockets, but we also wouldn't have had the the trip to the moon. None of the Apollo missions would have happened. Yeah. Even little things, like they came up with, they call it the Von Braun roll patterns, uh, if I remember right. They're these um, black and white um, glyphs that you can paint all over you, on, on each side of the rocket. And 
what it is is that if you in the old days, you'd launch a rocket and then it would go up and say it exploded. You couldn't get any telemetry off from it. It's not like now where you have real-time microwave links and everything. If you're testing the rocket and something went wrong, um, it's hard to do analysis. So, that you know, obviously there's a bunch of cameras filming it, maybe high-speed cameras filming it. But then, so if it blows up, you can go back and because you have these, uh, the roll patterns painted on in a certain way, an analyst can look at it and say, oh, we can calculate um, it was rolling at this radial velocity, and it was it tumbled around this axis and that axis, and they, they can actually do some physical analysis um, of what was going on with it right before it blew up. Was it spinning? Was it, did it blow up because it had a vortex in the liquid fuel tank or something? You know, what was going on? And it, a lot of that came out of uh, you know von Braun and his uh, his uh, group, I guess, in Nazi Germany. Yeah, they still use that stuff to this day, though. Yep. Well, paperclip was probably the was probably the biggest coup the American government had ever scored. Yeah. Well, in other uh, science news, I had a bunch of random stuff. I think this was from last week. Hold on, I'm not I'm not done with space yet. Oh, uh, we got another tabloid. I got yeah yeah another article from the Express. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Okay. Hit me with bombshell it. UFO report from U.S. Tipped to be the story of the century. <laughs> oh boy! It, is this bigger or smaller than uh, Cheetos? Can I don't I? know, man. The fact the fact that the fact that Obama says that aliens are real. I mean, that's that's pretty heavy news nah. because he was president. I don't know. I don't buy it. I don't buy into the alien stuff at all. Not a fan. All right. Well, then one of these days, I'm just going to have to go on Nick the Rat and talk with him about it. <laughs> well, what's there to talk about? Uh, someone said aliens are true. Uh, aliens exist and there's no proof. So what else is no? Yeah, but I mean, what if Obama had sex with the alien? <laughs> what if it was Zindu? Oh, and Bat Boy was in for the threesome. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is that is that a show on Netflix now? Is that what it's working on? The alien porno? Maybe. I mean, they already had the alien autopsy, right? So why not the alien <laughs> porno? We always, jeez. Uh, Remember that uh, when everyone was so, going to storm Area 51 some time ago? Yeah, that was we're that gonna, was hilarious. We're going to Naruto run up the, they can't stop all of us. And they had the event <laughs> in, uh, in the Nevada. Yeah. Yeah. So here's something just a little, a slightly more serious. Mm -hmm. Lifehacker put out an article today, how to talk about the Pentagon's UFO report without sounding like a conspiracy theorist. Oh, boy. And I found this on MSN Money. Oh, so it's on the of money. Of all things. <laughs> all right, what's yeah, it say? Yeah, I mean, there is, there's all this talk. Something might actually be to it. Or it could just be like some sort of uh, counterintelligence ploy. I want to. Who knows? I'm waiting for my. Either way, either way, it's fun to watch other people react to this shit. I'm waiting for my media training. How do I talk about the UFO report without sounding like a conspiracy theorist? Why sounding like a conspiracy therapist? Uh, like a certain, uh, like a certain fellow that we listen to every Thursday and Sunday. Okay. Yeah, it's. It, I don't know. It, it grades on me that it's. Uh, it's getting mainstream now. I was listening to Abs in a Six Pack, Abs in a Six Pack with uh, Chris earlier today, and he had a Sir Seat Sitter. Yeah, Sir Seat Sir Seat Sitter. He had a, a show about cryptids, and he was going off about Blue Beam. Yeah, it's all fake. And I was like, Yeah, I'm on board with this guy again. 
It's uh, it's just a it's just a trick, and he's got Tucker Carlson in there. Tucker Carlson's just he's a tool. He's repeating everything just so people think it's uh that that they'll believe it, you know, when the when they start lying about it. It's like, this guy's great. I like Chris. I like Cersei. I want to hear more about the dog man. The dog man. Yeah, uh, he's he's gonna play some clips on that too. Uh, did you hear that the two parter with Dean Reiner? Yeah, I plugged that on this show. I loved that. I listened to the first half live, and I, and I was waiting for the second half uh, uh, with bated breath. Oh man, there's some great it's a podcasts. hell of a story. Great podcast. Yeah. We had um, let's see, Grumpy Old Ben said their episode uh, uh, earlier this week. They had grocery bagging, episode one sixty one. Uh, Better grocery bagging than tea bagging. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. They they had a discussion. The the title I think came from this discussion about. Uh, uh, what is it, the store in Chicago, the grocery store in Chicago, where you get a discount if you just let the store pick your food and then you uh, let them put it in your trunk instead of uh, trying to shop in the store. See, I, I, I think that stuff is great um, until you have to get vegetables because the the store employee's opinion of what a marketable vegetable is is not it's not the same as mine that's what i've seen they put stuff in there it, it is never buy. it is never the same as anyone no it's like uh you, you know you might want some uh, bananas maybe with a, even a little green on it so they uh so they ripen up a little later with, later in the week and you go into the store sometimes they'll have like it's just it's just like almost orange <laughs> it's, it's yellow, almost yellow black. brown which those are good for milkshakes like you want a really stinky banana if you're gonna make a milkshake, that's a pro tip. It tastes more banana. And bring all the boys to the yard. Yeah, <laughs> but you don't want to eat that banana. It's it's like uh, unless you're gonna use a spoon. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be able to. Just just the thought of those makes me want to puke. Honestly. Yeah, it's uh, you know then most of it though I like if if you think about the way we used to have, um, you know, milk delivered to your uh, your house and you know it wasn't wouldn't be so weird to have a grocery store where they just uh, pick the stuff off the shelf for you and put it in the bag. You know, you, you maybe you see in an old movie or something like that, those sort of thing was happening in a small town uh, with the friendly neighborhood grocer and everything. So it's not un like this idea that the, the grocery store isn't um, like a mall that you peruse yourself. You know, you go in and say what you want and they bring it out to you. That's not too crazy to me. Uh, it doesn't bother me that much at all. Yeah. What else do we have? We had, um, let's see, abs and a six pack. <laughs> I was going to make fun of behind the schemes again, but I, I forgot what I was going to say about them. Uh, yeah, and uh, we actually have an announcement for a guest coming up. Yeah, next week we got Dave Metis going to yeah. be our guest. Woo the king of the nerds. The king of the nerds. And he'll be on, uh, it's our usual time, right? He's coming on our usual show. Yep, that's the that's the idea. I know he records Fun Facts Fridays, uh, Fun Fact Fridays about the same time we do our show. So eh. yeah, but sometimes he he can push it uh, a couple hours or push it a day before or ahead. Oh, cool. Yeah, but yeah, he's a cool guy, a cool nerd. Yeah, and he's going to be joining us to nerd it up. We could talk about all kinds of crazy, stupid uh, stuff. That'd be mm -hmm. fun. I've never I've never spoken with Metis before, so this is a, this is exciting. Yeah, I've only talked with him on IRC. I've never talked to him person-to-person uh, -person before, so this is going to be a treat. Yeah. Well, we had, um, I don't know, do you want to go into, you said you had some video game topics you wanted to go into tonight. Do you want to bring any of those up? Yeah, but not yet. Oh, well, what else do we have? What's next? Hit me with uh, the next story. 
So, how about... What do you know about C++ programming? Um, I was formally educated in C++ programming. I've used it professionally. Uh, so okay. I suppose I know a so lot. So, you, know you know about unique pointers, right? Uh, yeah. In the, in the C++ standard? Okay, yes. Standard unique pointer? Okay, so how about, how about making your pointers so unique that they're NFTs on the Ethereum blockchain? God. This is another stupid yes. thing, isn't it? Somebody, somebody came up with NFT pointer. NFT pointer. NFT pointer. Is that a link? I gotta go into the chat. Yes, there, there is, there is a link. And if I didn't just screw things up, there we go. I will paste it in. Can you explain a little more about what this is? What's an NFT pointer? Okay, so you know those, about NFTs, right? Yes, non-fungible yes. tokens. Yeah, so non-fungible token. But the idea is that NFT pointer is a implementation of the C++ standard unique pointer mm -hmm. that represents each object pointed to as an NFT. Okay. Because if it's worth doing, it's worth doing. It's worth doing badly. <laughs> I I'm having trouble understanding. Like usually, if there's a stupid like nerdy joke or like, oh, it's a piece of software that does nothing. Isn't that like usually? I'm in on that joke. I'm looking at this saying, I don't even, I don't, I don't even understand why this is funny. You don't understand. I'm at a loss for words. I, this is. So was I when I looked at this, and honestly, honestly, like. I went to the I went to the GitHub issues and issue number nine jumped right out at me because the issue is and I quote this exists. <laughs> oh gee, yeah, okay. Issue is a bug. It's by a bug. Yeah, <laughs> that's what. It yes, is. the very the very fact that this exists is is a bug. Oh my! But God. I mean, when everything when everybody's jumping on the. Uh, on the NFT train, right? Mm. You just put anything to do with NFTs is uh, worth doing. Any anything that might be unique can become an NFT. <laughs> so hold on, there is something on here that I saw that was a really good that was a really good sort of uh, description. Where is it? Did it? Please tell me that he didn't actually like edit it out of the of the readme. Uh oh, that's why you gotta save it. You gotta save it to use your. Uh, yeah, use your I need an on. NFT of the uh, need an NFT of the uh, of the readme in a particular commit. <laughs> we just mint everything as an NFT. Mm. Doesn't matter how banal it is. Okay, here why biggest issue facing one hundred twenty five billion dollar security industry memory safety. 70% of the vulnerabilities addressed through a security update each year continue to be memory safety issues from the Microsoft Security Response Center. The world's biggest code bases are written in C++. C++ memory management is hard to understand, opaque, and not secure. As we all know, adding blockchain to a problem automatically makes it simple, <laughs> transparent, and cryptographically secure. Yes, yes. Thus, we expand, we extend standard unique pointer, the most popular C++ smart pointer used for memory management with blockchain support. 
Non-fungible tokens and standard unique pointer have the exact same semantics. Each token or object is unique, not fungible with other objects or tokens. Each token or object is owned by one owner, unique pointer. Others may view the NFT or use the object, but only the owner can transfer or destroy it. Absolutely no protection against just pirating the image represented by the NFT or copying the pointer out of the unique pointer. Oh, boy. And making it even better is that this thing is written in Rust. It's not even written what? in C++. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, you could have picked a better... Uh, you could have... I, I guess Rust makes sense because people like Rust trained the okay. But you could have done, like, white space. <laughs> you could have... Like, if you were really... Uh, if A real artist would have done, like, you could do brain fuck or you could do, you know, Arnold C... <laughs> Here, here, there's there's perform there's performance metrics involved as well. NFT pointer has negligence performance overhead compared to standard unique pointer, as shown by this benchmark on our example program. Implementation: standard unique pointer runtime 0.005 seconds. NFT pointer three minutes. Huh. Negligible. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's good. Anything could be negligible yeah. if you're willing to believe it. I think th I think this is the best uh, joke uh, joke software project in a while. I mean, this is this is like almost IO triple C quality, right? So if I I realize that I might be explaining the joke here, but I just want to ask if the point of unique pointer is to is to uh, know when the memory was released, and a blockchain is immutable. Does this mean anything at all? Is is that like the 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 NFT is not going to disappear. It's in the blockchain. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm explaining memory joke. safety, I right? I, I'm just <laughs> once it's on the blockchain, you don't have to worry about memory safety anymore because it's not going to go away. Ah, oh, boy. Okay. I'm just explaining that. I just wanted to make sure <laughs> that I understood this really bad joke. Okay. 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 This is the the best part of this joke is that it actually fucking oh, works. The best part. <laughs> Oh, that is the best part, yeah. Okay. Or the worst. However you want to look at it. You know what? <laughs> I should have talked about lasers more. <laughs> Alright, what do we got? What do we got that's not this bullshit? Well, do you want to get on to arrow games? Um uh, Yeah. Uh let's see. Let me let me jump into it because I saw a uh this this is a throwaway. I just put a screenshot in. Like I was, I saw some link to a to a Steam game, and I uh, just took a screenshot because I thought it was kind of funny. And the title of the game is Conquer and Breed the Demon Queen. <laughs> and, Did uh, you read the description of the game on Steam Community as well? It's uh, in there in your picture. Yeah, it says after getting kicked out of the heroes party for only summoning weak little slimes, imagine their surprise when you come back and you summon the demon queen herself straight out of hell and onto your dick is the, the premise of the game. So this is what you can get on Steam these days. Yeah. That to and wow, there is some uh, there is some screenshots in here and uh, wow. <laughs> straight out of hell and onto your dick. No I advise anybody in the channel to not open this link at work. <laughs> oh, boy. But feel free to open it in the safety of your own locked rooms. Yeah. So the the background on this is Steam for a long time. And I'm, I'm thinking, like, 
more than a decade ago now, probably, they wouldn't allow you to put um, certain kinds of games on Steam. Basically, if, if it had um, adult situations, unless it was like from a, a AAA title, it was kind of hypoc uh, some hypocrisy there where, you know, if you were um, Mass Effect or something like that, you could have a sex scene in your game. But if you were an indie game, then they would kick you from the store or say, you know, that's not allowed. And, and uh, I just remember it was a point of Oh, it's still you know? it's still going on like that. I've got an article that uh, is going in the show notes about them, like, flip-flopping on the rules. And this is from about, uh, what, about a little over three weeks ago. Valve has been quietly changing the rules for adult games on Steam. Yeah. And this is a game that doesn't, that apparently doesn't even have actual smut in it. It's just about seducing people, called Super Seducer. Super Seducer. Hmm. And it's not it's not available on Steam uh, Super Seducer Three because of Valve being so flip floppy on on what what they consider adult content, despite the fact that there is no nudity or explicit sex in this game. Yeah, I don't have that article in front of me, but that sounds basically what they've been doing for the past decade. Is they will. Say this is the rule, and then they'll either uh, they won't enforce it, or they'll enforce stuff that's compliant, or, or they'll get rid of stuff that's compliant with the rule to the letter. Yeah. It's just meanwhile, meanwhile on Steam, from a from a certain well-known developer of make your own smut games, you can actually have VR sex with a high school girl. Oh, cool! On Steam. On Steam. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I I'm not a fan of Steam very much anymore. It's, it's um, I deleted the, the my pro account. The problem is ago, yeah. is that the problem is is that they are they can be like Apple when it comes to what goes on their platform. Yeah, it's it's arbitrary and capricious. So exactly, like they let this shit on, but then they were taking off stuff that wasn't a quarter as bad, you know, years ago. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, and there's, like, no transparency to it, either. Yeah. Don't. Meanwhile, back last fall, right? Last fall, or actually in December of last year, they actually debuted as adults-only game section on uh, on the Steam store. I didn't even know that. Mind you, it was it's a Steam Labs experiment, but they actually provided a way for you to actually, like, scroll through all the pornographic games they have on there because they're like, yeah, we can have we can have smut games on here. You can show tits and ass and puss. Go right ahead. Yeah, I don't know what to make of them. You know, Valve is uh I mean, looking looking at this looking at this curator list as well because there is an adult so adult only games curator. I'm seeing some titles that that I recognize that I wouldn't consider actually like smut games like kindred spirits on the roof oh yeah that was a oh who made that game that was the guys who did like forest i think i remember i remember that i remember hearing about it back in the ks days oh yeah i think i have a yeah. actually i think i have a, a sealed box copy of that somewhere on the on the shelf over there meanwhile there's also fun bag fantasy which <laughs> Is just what it sounds like by the look of things. Yeah. <clears throat> 3D Custom Lady Maker. 
Make that 3D custom lady. Layersoft. Layersoft is what I was thinking of. Yeah. Made a bunch of titles. Dominatrix Simulator. On Steam. Woohoo. On Steam. It, uh, 9 9, episode 1. 9 9. Oh, yeah, 9 9. That was. Um, yeah. I, I always confuse that with. Um, what is it? Nine Doors, Nine Days, or Nine Whatever. Nine yeah, donuts. 9 9 9. Nine Donuts. Um, <laughs> yeah, I haven't, I haven't played that. I heard that was yeah. decent enough. The Neko Para games, of course. Oh, uh, yeah, that's the best seller. <laughs> I saw some counterfeit Neko Well, Para yeah, everybody stuff, loves though. their cat girls. Yeah. Ah, well, Steam's. Uh, why is there a girl in my house? <laughs> and why does she have cat ears? Yeah. Yeah, there's a whole list here. I'm. I'm there's gonna be there's gonna be a decent number of eighteen plus links in tonight's show notes. Oh, I'm just I'm just putting it out there. I'm I'm kind of I'm just sort of done with this kind of story where it's oh look it's a company that it's like well Netflix says that uh, this is their policy and then they uh, they allow something that's against it and they won't allow something that should be permitted. Okay, well big news. Okay, Netflix does it, Apple does it. All of these companies are hypocritical. They all say one thing and do another. It's it's not surprising anymore. Well, when it com when it comes to these sort of games, I'd rather buy directly from the distributors, anyways, rather than on Steam. And like, then everybody sees that, hey, Cold Acid has this like really twisted sex game that he bought on Steam, <laughs> and then like all the dirty looks that I'll get from everyone on my friends list. Cold Acid, but fun bag fantasy played for five minutes. <laughs> Single-handedly, <laughs> achievement unlocked. Oh boy! Well, wow. yeah, there, there's a, there's a stomp for your pedal, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, what do we got? I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed yeah. with society. Yeah. Dang you! Damn you, Gaben! You were the chosen one. <laughs> yeah, the chosen so one. So you brought this up uh, last week, and I said we need details on it. Rare encounter, illegal content. Oh yeah, yeah. So on um, the wow, I, I forgot about this. We had uh, rare encounter uh, started showing up on some corporate rareencounter.net, I should say, started uh, showing up on corporate firewalls as a uh, as a uh, possibly illegal content that was the category it was in possibly illegal and so i'm i'm like trying to check out uh, i forget it was i was trying to get something out of the show notes actually and it came up and it said oh it's blocked now oh great and so i was trying to find out you know what what do we have and we, so i'm looking at like when we had ice hawk on we had the um one of our our subtitles for the episodes so we had the the title was supploisterous and we had radioactive ponds train explosions and tales from the subs and so i think it's like train explosions i don't know maybe it's picking up on that thinking we're making bombs somewhere, <laughs> somewhere between that and all the stupid things that we uh, we put in there yeah we're not making bombs we're just dropping them we we also had death by bananas okay episode 38 we had dutch games tater tittles and falling buildings i think that was a clue too you know, wow, I, we we're terrorists, obviously. I know that's what I'm getting at. It <laughs> it's uh, yeah, I don't know. it's maybe that's it's picking up on this. We have a lot of a lot of stuff about nuclear uh, stuff and uh, crime and I don't know. Yep, they're on to us. They they realize that that we're like 
crime kingpins or like the new the new like Taliban or something. Yeah. Playing chicken. <laughs> Injecting mushrooms, I think that might have been one too, you know. Injecting yeah, that mushrooms. probably didn't help. <laughs> Clam filter. I don't know what the fuck we were talking We were talking about flavor experience creation, clam filters, and armpit piercings. What? What was that about? That was Encounter 26? Spicy yeah. Jaws. I don't remember that at all. USB sex. Yeah, I think the firewall didn't like that. Oh, uh, well. Probably not. So, yeah, well, it sounds like they have good reason to consider us as uh, possibly illegal then. Okay, here's what encounter number 22. We had hot pockets, topless newscasters, and diagnosis murder. That's the trifecta. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that was a throwaway bit. That was just a silly thing. <laughs> it's just it's just funny how stupid some of these are. You know, obviously they're just looking they're scanning for keywords and if they or phrases. And if it sounds it maybe if you you uh cross a threshold of too many dirty words uh it, like if you say kill or maim or or, or bomb or uh, whatever all those different things that we say on our uh on our show notes they probably just But now you know, if you want deal. to connect to Rare Encounter from your office, you need to use a VPN. Indeed. Connect to us with Tor. <laughs> oh boy well i was looking at some other i had another throwaway bit while well, we're doing throwaway bits um i was looking at x-ray microscopy and uh i'm not going to talk about x-ray microscopy but i am going to talk about this picture of a rat because in one of the pamphlets for one of the uh, it's it's a rat in what's called a physiological monitoring subsystem and i'm not a biologist or anything like that but uh I'll he doesn't the, look very happy in there yeah it's it's so they have a 3d x-ray chamber where you can like put a plant inside and x-ray it to see what the roots look like and it's for you know uh, professional scientific kind of things and i'm gonna put the link in it because the the cool picture is actually in the the top banner that's in the uh the chat room and they they have you know little extensions like uh you know, stuff that plugs into it, like add-ons, aftermarket add-ons or whatever. Or I guess they're not aftermarket. But they had the physiological monitoring subsystem, which is basically like a little rat tomb that you can put the rat in the matrix and load them into the x-ray machine. And it has not like, a tomb, but more a tube. It's, yeah, it's like a tube. And they put the, the rat inside. It's got like... Um, they things. put a little like rat breathing apparatus on them? Yeah, that's so they can monitor the air... The uh, the amount of, uh, I don't know, the airflow to the rat. It has an ECG. It has, one of the parameters is video. I don't know what video is, but it's like a line that's going up and down. Hmm. But this looks hmm. like something kind of scary. Like, you don't want to be that rat. No, no, I don't want to be that rat. It also has a picture so you can watch the rat. And he kind of looks, you know, if you look at it one way, it kind of looks like Iron Man. You know, in, uh, in Iron Man where they have the... Uh, <laughs> Where he's flying around, and so they see him from the outside. But then they, it's like they have all the uh, the shots of uh, of uh, Tony Stark on the inside of the suit. It's it's like he's basically he's like in a closet with a GoPro or something. You know, it's, oh yeah, I'm flying around. He's shaking inside his suit. Um, it looks like that, but with a rat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The only other cool thing was on this website. They have a bunch of marketing materials where they show examples of the uh, the different. Uh, kinds of pictures and stuff you can x-ray and so there's actually some s these cool um kind of 
they're not they're like pictures of these different scans where they like scan the inside of a tree and look you can see where all the uh you can count the rings without cutting it down you know uh, or they had uh you know scans of hearts and shells and uh birds and stuff bone. like that but yeah like this bone one looks pretty cool yeah there's one where they have a um it's like a drill it's like they got a core like like an ice core kind of thing but instead of an ice core it's a bone core the bone core that's me. I'm Bone Core. There we go. Put a stomp in. There's our show title. <laughs> bone Core. Uh, yeah, and it, it, it has some cool visuals. I'll, I'll copy that in. It's the product I'm looking at. The Skyscan 1273. I don't know how much it costs. I'm sure. It, I'm sure someone will pay for it though. But it's a. Uh... It's cool. Yeah, you just have you just have to contact their sales department. I'm sure somebody will be willing to tell you how much it they'll charge you for it after you sign an NDA. Yeah, I know. That's the way it goes, huh? It's not like you can just go on Amazon and buy a 3D X-ray machine. <laughs> they, uh, they not yet at who least. It, who buys it and where does it go and all that stuff? Hey, I was looking at the other kind of imaging you can do is um, neutron imaging. Have you ever seen that? No, I haven't. There's a there's a lab at University of Maryland that does that, um, and I got the pamphlet for it too. And so the thing about neutron imaging is you're you're not using electric fields like with X-rays. You you're producing X-ray photons, and they're you know an electric field, and so they don't really go through metal very well or conductors. But with neutron imaging, you're actually bombarding. Um, the sample with a bunch of neutrons. They have a neutron source, and then they detect it after it's been scattered by the the sample, and then they can reconstruct what it looked like. Uh, it's almost the same as an X-ray, but instead of using electric fields, you know, you're using actual little bits of mass, little bits of matter. And uh, there's some interesting. I'm I don't have the page in front of you. There's a couple little factoids about it. One of the things is when you when you go down the list, they they have a bunch of things that you can't. Um, you can't uh, image. And it's like, you can't image anything with Teflon in it. Why? <laughs> because it makes toxic gas. Or you can't image explosives because they, they explode. <laughs> and they, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, what a surprise! Yeah, because it, it, if you have, um, I think it's fissionable material, they say it must be under a certain amount of, uh, a certain volume of that. Or uh, they also had a disclaimer. They say, yeah, most things that we image for you um, are... Uh, not uh, activated enough that uh, they're activated to a low level so we can still give it back to you. But some of them we might have to keep, you know, if it turns radioactive. So, eh. But ne <laughs> neutron imaging is, is cool shit, though, because you can see, like, the inside of a bolt, like a piece of metal. You can see inside a shit that's, uh, that's uh, you know, usually you wouldn't, you wouldn't think of being able to x-ray, but you can get inside there with a neutron, uh, neutron camera. Yeah, that's pretty cool shit. Yeah, that's a, there's my there's my other throwaway story is Abel rambling about stuff that he saw <laughs> over the week. Oh, boy. Hey, that's half the show normally. So, so what's the what's the problem there? Uh, it's no problem. No problem. Yeah, so we were possibly illegal. Yeah. So I know we don't like to talk politics on on this show, but. There's just something up here that's kind of grinding my gears that I got to bring up, and it's not COVID-related. Aha! Uh -huh. Well, you have a pass. Yeah. So there's this uh, there's this bill in the Canadian Parliament right now, Bill C10, and it looks to be something that is yet another attack on uh, on our. 
free speech here in Canada. Uh-oh. And not just, not just on anything, but, like, in favor of corporate interests. Oh, boy. And so I've been, I've been following it. I'm not really good at describing these sort of things, but... This is this is about changing the Broadcasting Act and includes like what can we or can't say on social media is part of it and so it like touches anything that's got like user generated content any anything that's like just social and part of it too is that that like social networks would have to actually like give money over to the Canada Media Fund which is the thing that pays for all the Canadian music and movies and TV shows that nobody actually watches. Is that like what CDC is funded by? CBC? CBC. Yeah, see, that's how well No, CBC are. actually gets its money straight from, uh, straight from the federal government. Hmm. This is so like, this is so like people who are like doing like their artsy bullshit films and stuff that, uh, that like maybe 20 people will actually care about or watch get funded hmm. with your uh, your free speech money with those fines yeah. well as long as we're talking politics I, I was glad i heard on a recent grumpy old ben's uh, uh ryan brought up a, a something about um this idea that that basically everything's a tax and they just get it out of you any way they can. And so there's a, a saying, I can't remember what he was talking about, but it, I was happy to hear him say that because I was trying to get that point across one time. And uh, the, there was an old saying uh, where they say, uh, a fine is a tax, a fee is a tax, a toll is a tax, a ticket's a tax. And, you know, any any movement of money from you to the government is a tax in some way, and you kind of have to look at it that way. Yep. It it. it it may be less uh, nightmare-inducing to think of it as they're just trying to get more money out of people instead of they're trying to kill me. But I don't know. They might be trying to kill you, too. So, Yeah, but when they're, when they're trying to take money from somebody else just, just because I'm saying something, and then at the same time they're turning around and saying, oh, you can't say that? Fuck that bullshit. Uh, you, you're right. No, I'm wrong. You're right, because it's the, the free speech aspect of it, too. It's not just they're trying exactly. to like, steal, take take a a fee for using social media they're saying that you're only gonna pay this if you uh if you say something dirty if you see something bad if you, and it's like no it's more like it's more like if if we allow you across the border onto our canadian internet you have to give us all this money and you can't let anybody say anything we don't like if they're posting it from Canada. Oh, wait a minute. This is... And uh, you can't show things that we don't like to people in Canada. You're, you're not talking about fining right? citizens. You're talking about fining uh, companies. Yeah. Oh, I didn't understand that. Like I'm saying, like, part of, the, part of this is, like, yeah, I don't like Facebook. And I don't like YouTube. But at the same time, I mean, these are not things that should be paying into the Canada Media Fund... So that some, so that some like weirdo out in fucking I don't know fucking flimflon can make like some five minute black and white video about horses fucking. But if they made that a Steam game, we'd be all over it. Apparently. Well, that's because that's because the horses the horses being fucked would be horse girls, like they'd be centaur chicks. <laughs> It'd have to be anime. And it would be you who's fucking them. Yeah, no thank you. Ah, well. Come on, come on, come on, man. Come on. Horse pussy. No, no. <laughs> I, 
there's there's do you remember that meme i i remember never wanting to cut stuff out of this show until right now that's what i remember it's like oh cold says something stupid i better i better turn the volume up now i'm like uh, i should uh let me let me just get rid of that one when we press uh when we press snake save. cloaca no <laughs> I'm, I'm vetoing these at the start of the show by the way you're not getting in there it's no that's okay happen. that's okay we got better things for for the for the uh cold open anyways already oh well well we're talking about uh politics there's a little and and the, let's talk about the fcc for a minute we had a local story in baltimore i i mentioned it once before on the show we have this uh, Mosby, Marilyn uh, Mosby, I think is her name, and she is a local politician. And blah blah blah. The she was investigated, and they think that she's like paying her lawyer out of public funds, and may have gone on travel when it wasn't really required, or didn't report it right, you know. And so got investigated, and they there's a report that says yes, you misused a bunch of public funds to do things, you know, uh, that you weren't really supposed to be doing, you, you know, things for your own fun, not for the city of Baltimore. And anyway, this whole stir is coming up where she's still in office. She's not resigning. The investigation still goes on. And it's like every other week they they have some ridiculous statement where they're attacking me. They just hate me because I'm a, they go off the list of all the different things she is that uh, that means that, you know, they're they're uh, discriminating against her by calling her out on her bullshit. You know, she's playing every card she has. Good Lord. Yeah. And so it got to the point where. A radio station, local radio station, um, just basically ran the story, and they were talking about, you know, okay, this is some character. and It sounds like she was doing something wrong, and she uh, filed a complaint against the radio station trying to get their license revoked for... Uh, to put reporting it shortly, the news, essentially. Yeah, well, that's fake news, and you're uh, defaming me, and uh, you shouldn't be able to have a terrestrial radio license anymore. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, the FCC came up and uh, it, it's just another distraction. You know, she pulled that out and then they had a press conference where she uh, they said, oh, yeah, uh, we're not going to enforce drug uh, drug crime inside the city anymore. And so you can just do whatever, you know, we're 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 basically going to let you uh, uh, do anything you want just by deciding not to prosecute anyone for it. And so it's all distractions. It's every other thing is a distraction. By the way, the first distraction that came up, you might remember this. This is the same person where they had the strippers protesting in front of Baltimore the same day that she was going to do a press conference and, and, uh, talk about the fact that, uh, she's spending the public funds on stuff that didn't, uh, that didn't do any public oh, good. Man. That is, this is the same story from way back in the day when we had the stripper protest. It's the same story and it's been going on. It's every other fucking week. There's something going on. And so, I don't know. It seems like a good tactic. Like, uh, she's always in the news, but it's always about some weird thing. And the coverage of what she's actually doing wrong gets buried in that. If you type her name in, you can't, you get stuff like the stripper protest. <laughs> not, uh, not that, uh, she might be liable for, uh, for misusing public, uh, yeah, public funds, as Servo said. God, what a scum. What scum. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, Baltimore. We've had... You know, that new mayor they have in Baltimore met with the governor, Governor Hogan, and Hogan commented on the fact that in his term, he's had, I think it was four different mayors in his his term when he, when he was there, and he was, he was only elected a little while ago. He said like four different mayors. The last two left, I think, in disgrace or handcuffs or something. So, you know, it's... 
there's a lot of weird stuff. A lot of a lot of stuff goes on in Baltimore. But we it the thing that I noticed is that they actually are willing to arrest public officials and, and name them and shame them and put them literally put them in jail for doing things like. Um, I think it was Catherine Pugh was one of the the mayors, and she had a deal where she had a children's book, and she used the public money to buy boxes and boxes and boxes of her own book from her distributor, and then hand them out to people in her office. And they said, well, wait a minute, you can't do that with public money, and they arrested her, and she uh, got tried and convicted. You know, mayor of Baltimore, if I recall correctly. So the little thing that gives me hope is that they... They are actually going after uh, public officials that really screw up or you know try and uh, milk the system. So I don't know. It's well, like, a start. Yeah, it's a start. Ah, well, that was my political minute. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. So what do we? Oh, got? did you hear? Did you hear? Guess who's back? Who's back? The motherfucking Noid. Oh God! Yeah, I forgot about that story. Yeah. Um. We brought him up on the show a little while ago. Episode 41. They must have listened to Rare Encounter because they brought back the Noid. The Do you want to refresh everyone's memory of what the Noid is? I mean, who I, doesn't know what the Noid is? <laughs> the The Noid was a little, like, claymation character they had for, uh, was it Domino's Pizza? I always forget who it Domino's, was. Domino's, yep. Yeah, before they had Hatsune Miku, they had the Noid in the... Just the, the, the real quick recap is they had a character and he was always doing funny things to the pizza because he was annoyed. And uh, eventually there was a guy named whose name was Noid went and took hostages <laughs> in a Domino's pizza. And he's the commercial until they he, he thought the commercial was about him or something. And they uh, forced the uh, the Domino's to agree to stop running him. And so now that they started running him again. I think you should avoid Domino's pizzas. At least get delivery, you know? Maybe delivery is safe. Yeah. So not only not only is he appearing in new commercials, including one where a uh, autonomous pizza delivery vehicle avoid the Noid, but he's but he's also appearing in a new video game alongside Crash Bandicoot. Oh, remember Crash Bandicoot? Yeah, I remember Crash. I remember those commercials more than I remember the game. <laughs> stupid uh The 90s is back in pog form. In pog form. Oh boy. This is, you know, it's not just an American thing cuz just the other day we had what was that Australian um potato chip mascot? The one I made it my icon on No Agenda Social. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about that just a few episodes ago too, right? Yeah, that creepy little, uh, the creepy little guy. The f- yeah, the freaky little thing that like was twigging me out. Yeah, I can't remember what, what that was. That's in the show notes, but I don't want to go into those. So they're doing that everywhere. It's like uh, anything from the '90s is like minted gold. Just go. Uh, the gobble dock. The gobble dock. That was it. The right gobble there. dock will gobble your cock. <laughs> Like look at like like this thing looks like a looks like a serial rapist eyeballing his victim in the picture that we've stuck in the show notes. Yeah, it looks like he's looking at me too, which is even worse. Like I'm I'm pasting this picture in the in the chat room and it's like tell me that this guy isn't about to like rape somebody. If you want to see the gobble doc, what you have to do is follow at Abel Kirby at noagendasocial.com. Just look at the picture. That's how. That's how you're gonna see the picture. Just follow me on No Agenda Social. That's true. Yeah, you. 
You are the gobbledock, maybe. <laughs> this whole time. The whole time? The whole time. The whole time! Oh, jeez. Sally Field, <laughs> Sally Field. It's like she just appeared in this room. Yeah. Oh, man. In a wedding dress. Oh, hey, Sally. What do we have? Oh, you know what I didn't talk about? We had that rocket. It was underwhelming. They canceled that. Remember the last episode we were talking about that, uh, that rocket launch? Yeah. The reason there was no rocket outside when I went outside to look for that damn rocket is because the rocket launch was delayed again. Um, it did launch since our last episode. It came up on Sunday. So I think it was Sunday at like 8 p.m. And I was uh, back from the uh, back from the meetup. I think I was, I was doing something at that time. You know, I, I didn't know that it launched until a little later either. So I completely missed it. But I watched the YouTube video and uh, there's not really much to write home about. It looks like a rocket launch. So the the, yep. pro the promise of this thing is from Wallops Island, um, which is an interesting place. It's in Virginia. That is an interesting name for a place. It is a... So in Maryland, you have kind of the main area of Maryland, and then across the bay, you have like this island over there, and, and the island has Delaware on the top of it. And then Maryland's in the middle, but then the very bottom like the bottom edge of that island is actually Virginia. So it's all, it's all um, divided up to, across three different states. And it, it's really weird. Um, it's really weird, uh, you know, boundaries and stuff around here. Those, they're the old colonial boundaries, I guess. Yeah. They've all been disputed to hell and back. You know, as we know, what happened is all the states came together and decided we should, uh, we should form a, a union and then immediately started suing each other about the boundaries. <laughs> Uh, about the borders between states. But anyway, Wallops Island has a, um, um, I think it's a NASA, and they also have, um, I don't know, it's just NASA da down there that, that I can think of right now. Uh, but they launch rockets from there, and every once in a while they launch what's called a sounding rocket, and so we'll, they'll fly up into the atmosphere, and they'll do something. I don't know. They'll, they'll take measurements or something like that. And so around this area, you can usually see the rocket launches if, you, if you're in the right place. The last couple of missions Ooh, they cool. did, they were going up in the atmosphere and spitting out like fluorescent stuff. And so there was some, supposed to be some cool views if you got to see those where you could see. The rocket would go up, and then once it was so many miles up in the air, it would start like spitting out fluorescent dust. And it's supposed to look pretty cool, but... This one, I thought it was going to be of that kind, but they weren't spitting out fluorescent dust. They were spitting out, um, I think it was a ferromagnetic dust or something like that. Chemtrails. Yeah. Oh, it was chemtrails. That was it. Yeah, you, I forgot. Of course, it was chemtrails. <laughs> but uh, they, now they do some cool stuff down there. I've never been there or anything like that. I actually haven't even been to that whole, uh, that whole side of the state, that whole island. <laughs> I need to get there someday. I think they call it the East Shore down here. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, what else do we got? Yeah. I got some, some stuff that we could push. I don't want to do the cold read. I re I read the cold read ahead of time, and it wasn't as good as I hoped. Yeah, scrap uh, it then. Yeah. What do we have? I had Graphene OS. I don't know. I could talk about Graphene OS for a second. I got my No Agenda phone. I don't know. We're, we're, already, we're already a little over time. Yeah. So Let if, me... if there's stuff we want to get off our chests, I mean, let's do that. But uh... let, me, let me get my... Uh my graphene OS story out there. And then that, that'll be all right. Of it. Because if I don't do it now, I'm just not going to do it. Um, I had one of these, uh, graphene OS phones. It's a Google pixel 4a and it has graphene OS on it. And I was on at the time I was on sprint and 
I could never get, eventually, it was just a phone I was using for Wi-Fi for a while. I decided I liked it enough, it was usable, and I wanted to put the SIM card in. And so I, I have a Sprint phone, and I said, well, I take the Sprint, Sprint SIM card and put it in this phone and activate it, and it should work straight away, hopefully. And it didn't, and so I went to the store. Long story short, it, we got it activated, but um, you could only get text. There was no data. You could get phone calls, and you could get regular SMS messages. You couldn't get MMS messages. And this is the story of someone trying to use Graphene OS on the Sprint network. Are you familiar with the, the philosophy of Graphene OS at all? Yeah, isn't it supposed to be Android with all the Google bullshit stripped off? It, it also has an additional thing inside. It's not just de-Googled Android. They also have this idea that the that to be security-oriented, it's a, it's a Byzantine world out there. And so they consider the network to be hostile. So your phone network is uh, not trustworthy. So when you, on Sprint, uh, usually, well, let me take a step back. When you put a SIM card in and, and it gets activated, usually on there there's the uh, the APN config, the access point name configuration, which has like, what's the server do I get my uh, my MMS proxy from? And what are the some of the different uh, configurations you need to talk with the network that I'm on? And what's the, I think the most important one is what's the name of it for some reason. Anyway, um, the way that Sprint does its authentication is it needs a baked-in um, routine in the operating system. It's basically Sprint has a backdoor to, to Android phones where they can, if they want to, you put a Sprint SIM card in and you want to authenticate it and say, oh, well, it's activated on the network. They need their code to run on your phone to, to uh, authenticate itself. And Graphene OS says, no way, we're not having, you can't have a backdoor onto our operating system. And so just Sprint will never, it, it, you can get, you know, the normal phone operations, but you can't get data, which is annoying. Um, anyway, Sprint and T-Mobile merged, so it, it turned out it was trivial to, uh, to uh, switch my account from a, a Sprint account to a T-Mobile account. T-Mobile doesn't have that bullshit. T-Mobile lets you nice. authenticate the way a uh, SIM card's supposed to. And uh, it just worked as soon as I got that done. And so long story short, short story long, that's it. That's my Graphene OS story. Don't use it with Sprint, but it works. The, the phone is very nice. And the operating system is just surprisingly useful um, if you worked with any of these other, um, you know, flash it yourself kind of uh, OSs for phones, you know, what you might find is your results. Your mileage may vary is what they say about them. So, yeah, well. Anyway, that was my last story. I think this is going to be the uh, the end of the show. Yeah. Here we go. As we ride off into the sunset. I think we're going to do a different song for Midas. I'm going to think about that one. It's nice, though. I like I like this casual intro-outro. Oh, well. Anyway, yeah. until next time, I've been Abel Kirby. Now I've been Cold Acid. Well, catch you later. Adios. See, see y'all.